One of the Miami Hurricanes' top running back targets has just locked in an official visit upcoming for later this month, and we've got to review how those OVs just went this past weekend. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, if there is such a thing. I'm Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And thank you so much to the everydayers who make us a part of your life each and every day. So uh, within the past couple of days, uh, one of my favorite running backs in the class of 2024 a guy we've talked about quite a bit on this program and that Miami really likes. And now it's evident how much Miami likes him because Kevin Riley, four-star running back out of Tuscaloosa County High School in Alabama. Hmm, I wonder who else is after him. He is just locked in a June 16th OV at the U. Miami seems to be after Kevin Riley about as hard as they're after Jarrett Gibson. Those appear to be the top two targets remaining at that running back position after Miami, of course, has already locked in a verbal commitment from the Hellcat, Chris Wheatley Humphrey, who we really like. But honestly, if Miami can get either of Kevin Riley or Jarrett Gibson, not only are they each bona fide number one backs, well-rounded, very strong between the tackles, run downhill, get stronger as the game goes on, all that kind of stuff, but either of them, would complement Hellcat and his burner, top-end speed, breakaway, home-run hitter type of uh, mentality and traits that either of these guys, uh, if Miami can land Gibson or Kevin Riley, who locked in an official visit uh, next weekend where Jarek Gibson has his visit coming up June 9th and then Kevin Riley June 16th, either of them would complement the Hellcat so well. Now, in the case of Kevin Riley, uh, I mentioned excellent inside runner. He's uh, 5'11", creeping up to six foot tall, 195 pounds. He's got more room to grow in his frame. Uh, primary competition, which is the case for so many players Miami is after, primary competition comes around the SEC. Georgia, Alabama, Auburn are all considered big-time competition for Miami in Kevin Riley's recruitment. The interesting thing about Alabama is – as we talked about Kevin Riley, I think it was last week we talked about him with our recruiting expert and our resident scout, Brian Smith. And Brian pointed out that even though Riley is right there in their backyard in the same county as the Alabama Crimson Tide, they haven't really turned up the heat in his recruitment to this point. So I think Miami is trying to carpe the diem or, or seize the day and really put in the work uh, before Alabama. Apparently, they haven't made Riley a priority to this point. Uh, so Miami is trying to lay the foundations before Alabama may or may not decide we really, really, really want to turn up the heat for this player. And we've seen it in the past from Bama. Even if Bama is late to the party on certain players, if they decide late, hey, we want this guy, doesn't always take them that long to seal the deal. Case in point, Joseph Iannata, the three-star interior offensive lineman who was trending pretty strongly to our Miami Hurricanes. And then at some point late last week, Nick Saban woke up one morning and is like, oh, I really like this guy. They made him an offer. And within a couple of days, he was a Crimson Tide verbal commit. So obviously that that's one of those frightening things that Nick Saban usually gets what he wants. Now, Miami did get some players last year like Jaden Wayne 
and Francis Mauingoa, who Nick Saban did want. So Miami has won some of these battles. They'll win some of these battles in the future, but obviously a school like Bama and other places in the SEC can be tough to beat. But uh, it's evident Miami is making Kevin Riley even more of a priority because within the past few days, running back Kiwan Lacey, who is a Miami target, is definitely moving in a different direction. Uh, and I, by the way, just for the record, I like Riley more than Lacey. And I'm not just saying that because Lacey's probably not going to be a cane. I really do like Riley more. But Kiwan Lacey had recently canceled his Miami official visit that was actually scheduled for this past weekend that obviously didn't happen. He looks to be Ole Miss bound. The crystal balls have been dropping left and right for Lacey to Ole Miss. So Miami seems to be focusing on Kevin Riley and Jarrett Gibson from IMG Academy as their top two choices and I don't know, it's tough. It's like splitting hairs at this point. But I think Miami probably stands a slightly better chance at Kevin Riley because Gibson has been trending so heavily to Texas. But I think once Gibson's OV is in the books within the next several days and then with the next couple of weeks when Riley's OV to Miami is in the books, we'll have a better idea because you tend to know more after the dust settles a few days after these official visits. So we'll know more about where Miami stands for Jarrett Gibson, who I would rank as, by the way, the top choice with Kevin Riley probably as a close second. That's just in my humble opinion, right? I'm not speaking for Cristobal or for Tim Harris Jr. on that. I'm only speaking for me that Jarrett Gibson would be my number one, and then Kevin Riley would be a close second. So we'll know more after those official visits take place. Now, on to some of the visits that happened this past weekend. Uh, a wide receiver, burner, that we all love here, IMG Academy kid, Jare Tank Hawkins, four-star receiver, shifty, he just had his Miami official visit, and I was told on this that, and, and this is kind of a common theme for some of these guys who just visited, the visits went really well, but it's not over, okay? It's not over for Tank Hawkins. Uh, we need to buckle up, I was told, and kind of see how his visit to Florida goes this coming weekend before we start dropping any crystal balls or Dono balls for Tank Hawkins. But with that said, I think he did have a really good visit, so he's visiting Florida and Penn State later this month, and those are his official top three. Miami, Florida, and Penn State are Tank Hawkins' top three. Uh, Ray Ray Joseph hosted Tank Hawkins on his visit. You know, the two of those guys have not only similar skill sets and attributes on the field, but I think similar personality types as well, so hopefully that was a good host for him, and we know Tank likes Miami, and, and hopefully, you know, Shannon Dawson can kind of sell him on the idea of how receivers can be used in this offense, but remember, uh, you know, I, I don't know, T Tank is going to end up committing earlier, because he says June 26th, so he's not going to have the benefit of watching Miami play any games next year before he drops it. I mean, obviously, it's not really over till National Signing Day, but T Tank Hawkins does plan to announce on June 26th, and hopefully Miami has the edge there, but we have to buckle up and see how that Florida visit goes. Um, I am feeling really good about James Nesta, the four-star linebacker out of the state of North Carolina, and if I had to guess, based on, you know, the five or six who just visited this past weekend, I feel like Nesta, who is also announcing later this month, probably would be the most likely to pick Miami at least sooner rather than later because the Canes could end up landing a couple or a few from this past weekend. But Nesta, to me, probably feels like the safest bet right now. But he didn't shut down his recruitment. He's still taking more visits. He does plan to see... Oklahoma and UNC this month, those are his other finalists. It's Miami, OU, UNC, 
before he announces anything. Uh, important note on James Nesta. Not only is he a stud linebacker, six foot four, 210, 215 pounds, uh, disruptive playmaker. He had a fumble recovery for a touchdown last year, junior year in high school, had a bunch of sacks and a bunch of 13 TFLs and nine sacks last year. He also plays baseball and he throws over 90 miles per hour. So uh, that could be a factor in his recruitment as well. And unfortunately, our baseball team season came to an end last night again at home in a regional I'm frustrated, but, you know, <laughs> we didn't land Tywone Malone to play baseball, so maybe James Nesta can come here and help the baseball team as well. Um, had the visit this past weekend from Demetrius Freeney, the Juco corner. Uh, I heard his visit was good, and I think Miami would have let him announce already, but he's not ready to commit just yet. I think he's going to take a little time to weigh his options. He's also visited Colorado, Houston, and Oklahoma uh, but I, I thought it was interesting reading about Freeney's visit, what he had to say about it. He did say that Miami made it clear to him that he is he's a priority and that they have a plan to get him on the field early and not waste any of his time. And they got him up to speed on their defensive system. So it, it seems like the Canes did a really good job of kind of not only, you know, showing him all the digs and the campus and the facilities, but really explaining to him. And he's a big body corner, six one, about one hundred ninety pounds really explaining to him the exact type of role and the path to playing time that he can have at Miami because players really appreciate that transparency. Still don't know a whole lot about Kamari and Franklin's visit, the five-star defensive lineman. He was the biggest name who was on campus this, this past week. Um, but we do know um, he likes Miami a lot, and I, I think that's been pretty well verified to this point. So by all accounts, Kamari and Franklin's visit went very well, but there's still a long way to go here. Uh, Tennessee is definitely Miami's top competition for Franklin. And one of the interesting nuggets I was told yesterday talking to somebody about his visit, like I was told yesterday afternoon that his visit went really well, but there's kind of a feeling that maybe he prefers the idea of playing in the SEC over the ACC. So that's a another factor Miami needs to overcome with him is, hey, we can still develop you and you can still be coached really well, have a chance to make it to the NFL. You can work with a guy like Jason Taylor on a regular basis, and it matters less that you're not going up against that SEC competition that you grew up watching in the state of Mississippi because that's where he's from. Uh, so despite all that, Miami does seem to be in a good place with Franklin. I'm not expecting him you know, today or tomorrow to shut down his recruitment and commit within the next couple days or anything like that. And on the other side, We'll talk a little bit about timelines, okay? Because, um, you know, no matter whatever your interpretation is of how these visits went, I do see some people freaking out that none of these guys committed to Miami last night. Um, I'll explain how these timelines are probably going to go throughout June into July and why, you know, you really shouldn't freak out, is what I'm trying to say. And I can explain that to you guys pretty matter-of-factly. So we have a lot to get to. I'm also going to answer you guys' questions on this episode. We have questions about recruiting. We have questions about blue-chip defensive linemen. We have questions about the baseball team who, you know, unfortunately could not get through that Coral Gables regional. They were eliminated by Texas last night, 10-6 to in that final game. So what you want to do is you want to keep it locked right here. We're only getting started on this episode of Locked on Canes. My Miami Heat are only getting started. I'm only getting started on FanDuel. Make a fast break into these NBA finals with FanDuel because right now 
new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I cashed on Miami Heat plus eight and a half last night. They won the game outright. I, I wish I'd had uh, the guts to bet the money line. I didn't. Maybe next time I will. And FanDuel, guys, it's such a great place. They have great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app, and you can get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. And for the everydayers, we are going to go deep into scouting, recruiting with Brian Smith. Our resident scout and Locked On Network recruiting expert is going to join us on tomorrow's episode. We're going to have a full preview of that June 9th official visit weekend that is coming up, man. There's going to be some of the top prospects in the country on Miami's campus this coming week. So, you know, I do already see some people here on uh, on June 5th that are complaining that Miami didn't land any verbals from the visitors that were on campus between June 2nd and June 4th. Like, oh, all these guys, they hated Miami. None of them committed. What are we doing? We're not getting anybody. I, I just want to want you guys to take a step back and remember how these timelines usually go. First week, uh, official visitors. So this was the, you know, outside of the, the transfer, because there are different rules for official visits there. Uh, for all the class of 2024 guys, this was the first OV in the cycle for them. And if you listen to this show on a regular basis, you know we were not necessarily expecting anybody to commit Sunday night or Monday morning come, coming off of these OVs. Now, I think there are a couple of players, like if Kamari and Franklin had decided last night, I'm committing to Miami, they wouldn't have said no. But a lot of these guys want to take their time, talk to their families, take more visits before they decide to come. And if they take more visits, that's not necessarily a smoking gun. You know, you remember uh, last year it was in June, the Pancake Honcho visited Miami. He didn't announce until December, and he announced Miami despite taking OVs later in the process after that. So um, Miami last year, just to remind you of the timeline, they didn't start getting a wave of commitments last year until late June into early July. Because I remember people in early June last year panicking about recruiting. And then by early July, those same people, instead of trash-talking Miami, the team that they supposedly love, they were trash-talking Gator and Seminole fans a month later on Twitter because Miami was trending towards a top-five class at that, at that point. So late June, early July is when you start to really expect commitments to roll in. So, yeah, would it have been nice if all of Miami's visitors from Friday to Sunday – last week just decided to shut down the rest of their recruitment committed right then and they're sure but that's not usually how this goes okay all right let's answer some of your questions uh, a lot of these by the way came from our subtext subscribers folks i'm telling you this community is so much fun you can sign up it's in the show description below we include a link in the show description below you can sign up for our subtext sms texting service you get text messages right from your phone directly from my phone uh, I give you guys recruiting updates, show notes and previews, breaking news, one-on-ones. You can ask me questions on there. Some I answer directly, others I answer on the show. So if you want to join our exclusive uh, subtext SMS community, link in the show description below, completely free for the first 14 days. And then if you like it, you want to opt in 
$4.99 a month, and we try to give you a lot of extra added value on there. So we get this one from subtext from Big Canes fan. He says, hey, with uh, another big weekend coming up of OVs, how much easier or harder is it for coaches? Do you think it's easier to recruit on the road or to have multiple players at home that you have to juggle? And okay, so what, what he's referencing here is Miami has so many players um, that are going to be on campus this coming weekend. Hold on, let me see if I can pull up the uh, the official visit calendar, Miami Hurricanes official visits, so just so I can, I can name it. And I think that there may be some of these that have not even been updated yet on the 24-7 page. So yeah, so th this coming weekend, June 9th, you've got five-star edge rusher Colin Simmons, five-star corner Ellis Robinson IV, five-star defensive tackle David Stone, five-star edge Dylan Stewart, four-star borderline five-star defensive lineman Aiden Breland, four-star borderline five-star running back Jarrett Gibson, four-star <coughs> four defensive lineman LJ McCray, four-star uh, wide receiver Braylon Staley, four-star tight end Kylan Fox, four-star tight end Elijah Lofton, uh, three-star safety Cameron Pruitt, three-star linebacker Keyshawn Flowers, and three-star offensive tackle Ty Hilton all on campus. So so what, what Big Canes fan is asking is, when you've got that many guys on campus at once, how do you, like, divide your attention? Like, how does Mario Cristobal, because obviously they all want FaceTime with the head coach in addition to position coaches and coordinators, but they all want FaceTime with the head coach. How does Mario Cristobal make all of these different guys? Because there are, at the very least, 13, a baker's dozen who are going to be on campus this week. And I think there may be even some more that are not on that official list just yet. Um, is it easier for Miami to host all these guys or to go on the road where you get more of the one-on-ones when you visit the players' homes and high schools and all that? Uh, it's a good question, but uh, I, I think it's closing time usually comes when you have the players on your turf. Home field advantage. Home field advantage is not only a thing in actual sporting events and games, but I think it's a thing in recruiting as well. When you have players on your turf, when you're able to bring these players into the indoor facility, into the locker rooms, which have been redone and look absolutely fantastic, and they're going to get redone again when that whole new facility, uh, you know, gets uh, gets the ground gets broken on that in the coming months or weeks or whatever that's going to be. You know, the facilities are getting a lot better. The campus is beautiful. Uh, so usually the closing time comes when you have the players on your turf. And I know that it seems daunting to think that Mario is going to be able to get enough face time with 13 different guys. They have that schedule of theirs. They have it broken down to such a science. Um, home is where you close. Okay. So obviously the road visits, the in-homes are important. And Mario, when he brings those loafers on the in-home visits tends to do pretty well with that. But, you know, I, I think usually get, getting the OV and having the players in your environment, that's usually the that best spot to close. Thank you, big Canes fan. You knew the baseball questions were coming. This one is from Jake who says, Hey, here's a question. When will the athletic department understand that Gino Damare will never take a Canes baseball team to Omaha? Why will they continue to believe that doing nothing will somehow generate different results next season? He says, I'm calling it here and now, so keep this receipt. Gino will never take a Canes team to Omaha. 
you know, obviously the results haven't been there. Okay. Cause it's been what five, five years uh, of Gino. And, you know, one of those was uh, the COVID year where I guess the postseason didn't happen that year, if I remember correctly, but four years, they haven't gotten to Omaha, haven't gotten past the regional the past two years, including last night, last night and last year, they get eliminated at home in a regional. It's not the, the results aren't there folks. The results are not there. And I know people bring up, you know, excuses about how expensive Miami is with the partial scholarship system, that it's really hard to get players here money wise. But that's been an issue going back longer than these last couple of years, I think. Um, but Damare Gino was just given a big extension. So, you know, I, I think his job is pretty safe right now. You know, I know that uh, our guy, uh, Danny Boy Kane, I was watching a, a video he did this morning where he thinks maybe heads are going to roll like in the assistant coaching staff that since Gino signed the big extension, may, maybe he's forced to make some changes kind of under him with assistance. We'll see if something like that takes place. But, you know, I don't I don't think uh, I don't think Gino is going anywhere anytime soon because he just signed a big extension. So it's frustrating, man, because I, I want I, I want to go out to Omaha and watch my camp. I mean, not that I really want to go to Omaha, but I would go for a college World Series. Man. I want to go out there and watch my Canes have a chance to win a college World Series. All right. So we got questions. Oh, this is a really interesting question I want to get to on the other side. Uh, about how much, if at all, Miami is going to miss the recruiting of Demarcus Van Dyke, who, remember, uh, a couple months ago left Miami for FIU for an on-field role because he was a behind-the-scenes guy here at the U. So we will get into that. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Shout out to my son, Luca, who... Uh, graduated from K4 today. I had to put, I had to do the Brandon locked on Gators air quotes. Cause it's like, I mean, I don't know if it's really a graduation when you finish K4, but he's on his way to kindergarten. The kid can basically read at this point. He grows. I'm so proud of him. He's my son. I, I love him to death. Uh, so I'm so happy for my kid, Luca, who, who graduated from K4 today. That's why this episode is being released a little bit later than our weekday episodes usually get released. So if you want to if you want to send a shout out to my son, Luca, who I guarantee you someday is going to be way smarter and way more successful in whatever he decides to do that I am doing right now. If you want to send a shout out to Luca, L-U-C-A, you can do it in the comments. You can do it on Twitter at Locked on Canes. And by the way, if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. We get a question from Ardry in Pensacola. He says, hey, the U is in on a number of elite defensive backs and safeties. So was DeMarcus Van Dyke really that important to our recruiting? Now, here's how I'm going to answer this. I do not want to take anything away from DeMarcus Van Dyke because he is a cane through and through. He's a stud recruiter, and listen, I, I hope DVD gets that on-field experience he really needs, and then someday he comes back home to Miami because I think they're going to keep a key under the mat for him. So I don't want to take anything away from DeMarcus Van Dyke. Uh, and probably a lot of these top-end defensive backs that Miami is in for are guys that DVD helped lay the foundations for because he's only been gone for like a month and a half at this point. It's not been that long since DVD has been over at FIU. But at the same time, I think what's going on right now when you talk about you know the recruitment of people like Jalen Hayward and Ellis Robinson the fourth and Zaquan Patterson, who Miami's been trending very positively for four and five star 
high-level defensive backs, it's a reminder that, honestly, I don't think Miami fans were giving enough credit to Jamila Dye. So I'm not taking anything away from DeMarcus Van Dyke, but some people thought when DVD left, oh, we're never going to recruit another defensive back ever again. Like, I, I don't know why people seem to have this impression that Jamila Dye doesn't do anything recruiting-wise. Folks, I've talked to enough of the defensive backs that he's recruiting to know my eyes were open, for example, when we talked on this show with Isaiah Thomas a week ago. Isaiah Thomas, the safety who committed to Miami, and guess what? Isaiah Thomas wouldn't be a Hurricanes verbal commit if not for Jamila Dye. He put in so much work connecting on a football level and on a personal level with Isaiah Thomas, and he's doing that with a lot of these other kids out there. So I don't want to take anything away from DVD. Miami's going to miss DVD, but... Uh, some people just seem to think Jamila Dye doesn't do anything on the recruiting trail. I'm telling you, man, I talked to enough players this cycle. He's out there putting in the work, and a lot of these players really love him, and it's not like Demarcus Van Dyke or Bust. For a lot of these players, Jamila Dye is putting in that work on the recruiting trail as well. So I wanted to give him some credit. So if anything, if we come out of this cycle and Miami does land some top defensive backs, I don't want anyone to be like, oh, well, DeMarcus Van Dyke was a non-factor anyway, but give some credit to Jamila Dyke because he's the one who's the primary recruiter for most of these guys, and he's the one who's going to have to go out there and close, all right? Uh, we get this question from Scotty. Scotty doesn't? No. Scotty says, hey, if you had to choose a number between 1 to 10 on how confident you are in Miami landing a top five class, what number would it be? And then he says, depending on your answer, how about a top 10 class? All right, so um, listen, my, Miami's going to be in that neighborhood. But as far as my confidence level in a top five class, I would probably put it at like a 2.5 or a 3. I mean, it, it, that's going to be a tough nut to crack. And if you're going to get there to top five, the road would probably be through the defensive line because that's where Miami has like the highest concentration of blue chippers that, uh, that are seriously considering the program or a lot of five-star edges and five-star defensive tackles, a couple five-star defensive backs, and a couple of five-star wide receivers that Miami is at least in the mix for, okay? We'll see what happens with JoJo Trader, who was recently crystal-balled to Florida State. I know that that's freaking out a lot of Canes fans at wide receiver. Um, he's definitely strongly considering FSU. They are a threat to Miami, no question. I still based on a lot of conversations I've had, I still consider Miami to be slightly favored over Florida State for JoJo because I think that that crystal ball that that certain 24-7 writer put out there with a five-level confidence, which is basically admitting, I'm guessing here, um, that may have been thrown out there, that prediction to generate clicks more than anything. I still think Miami is very much in it. For JoJo Trader, uh, flipping Jeremiah Smith would be a lot tougher. Ryan Wingo, I think Miami has, you know, a decent shot for as a five-star wide receiver. So, you know, if, if you can land like four of these five stars, then, yeah, you're talking potentially about a five uh, about a top five class. But top five would be so difficult. I, I'm going to go like a two and a half or a three, my confidence level in a top five class. But for a top ten class, I'm at more of a seven or a seven and a half. I think Miami can absolutely come away with a top class this year, a top 10 class this year. We get a question from Southwest Florida Kane, who says, hey, do you think we land two five stars on the defensive line? If so, who? And could it be more than two? 
Um, honestly, it could be two or three. If you include edges is defensive line, obviously. Um, so I, I think Miami has a really good chance at Justin Scott, the five-star out of Chicago. I think Miami has a decent chance at David Stone, the five-star out of IMG Academy. Um, Miami's got a shot at Kamari and Franklin. I know he didn't come out of this weekend as a commit, but he's another five-star. Miami has a shot for uh, – I, I think Miami has a pretty good shot at five-star edge Dylan Stewart. Colin Simmons, Miami is in the mix for, um, you know, there, there's some, some guys that maybe in certain publications are five stars, like Aiden Breland is like an upper four star. Maybe one of the publications has him as a five star. So, you know, I, I, I'm not ready to drop any Dono balls for actually, I think I may have already dropped one on Justin Scott. So, okay. Dono ball on Justin Scott. I don't think I'm ready for any Dono balls on anybody else, but to answer your question, Southwest Florida Kane, I, I think defensive line is probably Miami's best shot at getting multiple five stars. It's like this year's version of the O-line, right? Where last year, Miami landed two five stars on the offensive line. That's not going to happen again this year, but the defensive line, I think there's a pretty decent shot that happens. So stay tuned. All right, guys, for the everydayers tomorrow, we are here with Brian Smith from allhurricanes.com and Fan Nation, our resident scout. We are going to break down as many of the June 9 visitors as we possibly can. I read you the list earlier. Four stars and five stars galore. We're going to break down as many of these prospects as we possibly can in 30 minutes or less. That'll be tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.